road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. Before we get to this week's episode, we just want to beg you one more time to please rate and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you listen to us on, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, it pretty much means everything to us and we really, really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. As always, the podcast is brought to you by McDonald's Family Restaurant. McDonald's, America's number one Irish restaurant. There's no potato famine here. No, our fries are ready to go. And our burgers, they have tiny onions on them, just like they do in Belfast. And slathered in catsup, just like Dublin. McDonald's, aye, me matey, a taste of Ireland. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Profession Confession. I'm your host, Gabe Noah, with the Brown Bomber, Tevin Pittman, as always. This week's episode, I'm very, very excited for. Um, it is a paramedic episode. We did one earlier. This is not the same person. This is Lily, who's an inner city paramedic. And the Brown Bomber says his favorite episode all time. So we'll see. Um, but uh, before we get to that, we, we're really excited to just, uh, in general, we've been busting our ass building this goddamn new studio, and it is finally... Uh, on the home stretch, if you want to see pictures of that, check out our Facebook page. We're also going to be posting our top five uh, most downloaded episodes all time. So let everyone see that. Whenever I meet people at shows and they tell me their favorite episode, it is always different. Or for the most part, there's a little bit of overlap, but for the most part, very different. So I'm gonna we're gonna post the most downloaded five, and we implore you to go on Facebook and Twitter and comment what we missed or what are your favorites that aren't in there or whatever it is. But I feel like there are gems throughout there that some people don't check out as much. And, uh, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love people to know about it. Like my, uh, obscure pick would be, um, the special needs housewife episode three. Like that's not a super clickable one, but a great episode. But on to this week's episode, we have got Lily, who is our inner-city paramedic. She's done it for like 10 years, something like that, maybe more. And this episode is really, really fun and truly one of my favorites, too. It's got everything. It has some ultra-gore and some super inappropriate humor. And, you know, sometimes we get a little serious, like we've had a run of episodes. We just go with the guest, kind of. So sometimes you find that way. This one was... um, refreshing to me so um it's with it's co-hosted with isaac witty a comedian check him out and rate share enjoy the episode thank you very much for listening we have facebook questions okay that we can go through chris garcia wants to know what's the most embarrassing call you've ever gotten oh goodness embarrassing call um that's a good question 
bear with me for a second. I got to flip through my Rolodex of memories. Um, gosh, embarrassing call. And it's supposed to be for me or for the patient? For the patient, right? Um, or for you, or for either you. one. Um, let me come back to that one. Okay. Let me think about that. Okay. And then we've got, uh, are there any bad, like, compound fracture? Well, Joey, PM, he knows who he is, Joey. Uh, any compound fractures, eyes out of the socket, or any bear attacks? I have seen somebody whose eye, <laughs> eye popped out. Somebody had their eye pop Whoa. out somehow, and I don't know how it popped out, but it was, like, bulging out. Um, I have not seen any bear attacks. Um <laughs> uh, which is surprising because there's a large bear population down in Minneapolis. I mean, as far as the gay population, ah, uh, there's a lot of bears. I have not seen any bear attacks. And then what was the other one? Compound uh, fractures. Like, yeah, b- compound fractures, bad breaks. Yeah, man, I've seen a couple where people's legs have like actually like their uh, femurs actually like snap through and poking through like the skin. Oh, that um, hurts. And it's like it That's was a, leave it was a, a skateboarder. It was a skateboarder <laughs> that did it. And it's just like I asked somebody one time. I said, "Well, how do you know like who you give pain meds to and who you don't?" And the senior people told me, they said, well, if you look at it and it hurts to look at it, you're just like, oh, shit, that hurts. Yes. Like, they deserve pain meds. So, yeah, I've seen a couple. My guy last week had a humerus fracture, so his arm was bumped out. What's funny about that? Well, it's funny because I walk up and I'm like, is it, I said, is your norm, arm normally stick up like this? And he's like, no. I'm like, all right. I just thought I'd ask. You know, maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe you have bigger muscles in certain places. But uh, Do you ever take into account when you're administering drugs how much it's costing them? No. <laughs> how, um, no. How about, do you ever see a ruptured penis? I've seen torn testicles. Torn testicles? A guy, like, climb over, sorry, climb over Ooh. a fence and he couldn't. T- the weird part was he was like, he's like, I'm bleeding down here, underwear. and I don't know why. And and then we're just like, he literally ripped the sack, so he like his nuts were hanging oh. out. What? And it, I'm a girl, but that hurt to see me. I was just like, oh my god, that looks awful. But he couldn't tell us how. I'm like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, these two girls were fighting. I'm like, that makes Over no his sense. Sack. Well, that makes no that I'm makes no sense. And his sister comes up. She's directions. like, no, he tried to climb over a fence. So he tried to climb over a fence and literally ripped his nutsack open. Wow. Did see a guy one time that he had so much swelling that his nuts were like the size of a football. Poof. And like, I just, how did they get that big? They were humongous. Oh, the shape. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy Matfield has a question on mine. He says, what is, what is the weirdest thing you were called to a house for? Oh, weirdest. Um... Gosh, we get called for weird stuff all the time. Um, a lady got her hand stuck in the hole where the doorknob was. <laughs> I don't how oh, that's really? a really like like the doorknob was out and she was trying to reach in to unlock the door and she got her hand stuck in the hole. <laughs> and I'm just like, how is that a medical problem? Like I don't. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with that? Like I Call can't the get hardware a, store carpentry issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. So the firefighters I think came and got her hand out somehow. But yeah, I like. I don't know how I'm supposed to fix that, but going back to that question about like the most embarrassing, I know I went one time on a call where there was a lady trying to explain to me that it was her dead husband's brother that she was in a hotel room with, and he was naked on the floor, and he was a diabetic, and she was trying to help him because his sugar was low, but he had like chocolate all over his face, so she was like melting the chocolate in her mouth and trying to put it into his mouth like a oh. bird or something, and it was just this what? weird thing. Yeah, I don't even know what it was just like. So you're relatives, but you're not relatives, but he's naked on the floor, and you're trying to put melted chocolate in his mouth. I'm like, 
Right. <laughs> Sounds like a I nine and a half sex weeks. experience. Yeah, yeah. I don't. What is the first call that you can think of that really impacted you, or to where you're like, Jesus Christ, this is like for real, or anything? Um, that's a good question. Let's see. Strangely enough, like very, very beginning when I was an EMT, I worked down here. And this is kind of, I guess, more of an entertaining story to me, but um, I was working here in the cities, and I went down to the, um, is it the GLBT festival that they have down at? The G-O-B-T? park, which is the one. Oh that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The gay week. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, Pride week. Pride week. Yeah. So they were gay having a. <laughs> <laughs> I, as a gay flirt, I'm offended. They were having a festival down there, and I'm and I'm like brand new, and I really hadn't done anything like critical, like save anybody's life or anything, and getting ready to leave, and this guy comes up to me, and he's this really, I don't know, kind of fabulous guy, and he's got this tiny little dog, like five pound little dog, and he's holding the dog, and he's looking at me, and he's like. I think my dog's choking, and I look at him like, and I look at the dog, and the dog looks at me, and I'm just like, on what? And he's like, on a corn dog. I'm like, then why did you feed your dog a corn dog? And he's like, well, I didn't. The dog just like grabbed it, and the dog just looks at me like he doesn't look like there's anything wrong. And I'm like, well, okay, give me the dog. So I take the dog, and I'm thinking, well, it's a dog. It's like a kid, right? So you do like those little black I back blows. For a dick thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm like like pushing on the dog's back. I'm like, kind of looking at it, and the dog's kind of like starts choking while I try and get whatever was out out. Couldn't get anything. The dog went unconscious. Oh, no. One of my coworkers gave the little dog mouth-to-mouth, and we got a little oxygen for the little dog, and we're doing, like, chest compressions, and the little dog's name was Paco. I still remember that. And the poor guy was crying, and it was just all this drama. And sure enough, we got the dog to come back, spit out the corn dog, save the dog's life. Oh, man. And that was, like, one of my favorite things because it's like I felt so good. I saved this itty-bitty little chihuahua named oh. Paco. <laughs> I feel way better about saving a dog than yeah. a human probably. Yeah, and I just it was, it was a good experience for what? me. What? How many say well, that's, that's not uncommon. There's studies that show people feel yeah, people more empathy yeah. for yeah. dogs yeah. than they do people. And, and I'm not like that, actually. Well, yeah, but with, with movies, yeah, for yeah. sure. How many years have you been a paramedic? I've been a paramedic a little over 10 years, and I've been in EMS since 2002. Okay. We so like to explain the difference. Years. What, what, what yeah. is the difference? So EMS, there used to be three levels. Now it's kind of narrowed down to two. So there's an EMT, which is the basic level. And okay. then there's a paramedic. So the two different levels, an EMT would be like a semester of school where you learn how to do everything outside, like bandaging, CPR, um, mouth-to-mouth, I guess, if you yeah. want to do that. Um, so you learn everything external as far as just doing kind of basic care. Basic shit. And then paramedic school is roughly a year, year and a half for some mm. people. Um, and you do pharmacology, cardiology, um, anatomy so you'd go through all of the training to do everything internal so like giving medications mm-hmm. poking people with things sticking things in their mouth sticking things wherever you got to stick them so do they always so are you always paired with another paramedic or do they do paramedic EMT or anything like that depending on the services our services so I now where I work I'm paired with a paramedic when I first started I was with um, an EMT and my very first partner that I work with said to me the first day we started he said I do as little as I absolutely have to to stay employed Really? And I knew I was screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. I wouldn't think that those people would last at all in that profession. He eventually didn't. I mean, right. he got fired later on because of his attitude. But um, How do you get fired as a EMT or paramedic? Like, what, what are the things they do? You know, well, it's different. I mean, it used to be just more... Stealing out of wallets, Lazy. having sex with the clients. <laughs> clients. It could be any of those. Say <laughs> so is clients the right word? They do. They yeah. do refer to people now, patients now, as being customers. That's kind of the customers. Wow. Yeah, they. It's not. It's it's a different huh. different mentality. But nowadays, like, I know people have gotten fired for taking selfies with patients. People have gotten fired <laughs> for. 
I worked at a place How where a guy got appropriate. <laughs> a guy got fired for punching a dead guy. You know, like what? Because people have rigor mortis, so like their arms or legs get kind of like frozen yeah. in an upmarked mm-hmm. position, and he couldn't get the guy into the bag, so he was like kind of punching the guy's arm or punching the guy to get like get it to yeah. bend or whatever. And <laughs> so I guess he got fired because somebody saw him punching a dead guy, and they thought he's punching a dead guy. He was just trying to shove the guy's arm into the bag. Huh. But he got fired. But for even that. though, even when he explained, like, no, it's, I was just trying to get him in the bag. Like, that, that wasn't to enough. Him that... into shape. <laughs> He's dead. I was trying to get him to fit in a shoebox. <laughs> what? Um, I, I was actually going to ask that. That was my kind of outside the box question. So we did one episode before, like I said, and I'm going to repeat. I'm sure a ton of the questions, but sure. I was trying to, you know, cruise for some different ones. And one of my I didn't think of last time is by like bystanders because a lot of times you guys are first on scene right yeah or yeah we can be yeah yeah and are there ever issues with that because people love gawking at stuff oh yeah but i mean is it ever a problem yeah you know there's times where it depends i mean there's times where there's family members that get really agitated and upset and it's understandable but they interfere with what you're trying to do i mean i've had people threaten threaten us when you're trying to do CPR, you know. Don't bring him back. Well, yeah. <laughs> Don't you save him. It's, what? Either, it's one or that or the other. I mean, they're either they're like, you better save him or, you know, threatening you as you're doing it. What? Or I've had people, I've had uh, people that are intoxicated. They're like, we're going to the hospital with you. Well, I'm taking care of somebody who's already injured and intoxicated. I can't deal with another drunk screaming at me. It's just not safe. Um, so we get what? a lot of people that are agitated like that where they. What is the profile of the person who threatens you to save them or else like who is that person you know, usually it's I'm probably trying to lead you to a black guy <laughs> it could be i mean no i'm just I'm it, it, tr- it has been in the past truly um, <laughs> so yeah you know it's I, i'm just truly curious how that yeah yeah i mean a specific time i can remember was we were on the north side and we had some gal that was unconscious and um in this house on the second level and it's dark and it's you just kind of eerie and we get up there and there's fans hanging from the ceiling, like box fans, which was really strange. Huh. And uh, people are like yelling at her, like, you better, you know, you better save her. You better do this. You better do that. And it's just like we're outnumbered. Yeah. You know, and you, all of a sudden you want there's one you person standing her. behind you and there's yeah, <laughs> there's one person standing behind you. And the next thing you know, there's like five people standing behind you. But it's kind of I don't know. It, it it tends to be usually people that are intoxicated more than anything. I mean, yeah, I think just the alcohol, a problem, like yeah. crowding you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even people that are like mentally ill, we don't normally deal with that much of an issue where somebody has um, an issue with it. But I think that and the crowd mentality, the crowd yeah. mentality so makes saying, a difference. you're saying most of the time, are you, saying, are you saying most of the time when you're called to a scene, people are intoxicated? It sure as heck seems like it. What's the, so what's the percentage? Like sober? No, they're they're under a lot of stress. Are you saying, oh my gosh. I, are you saying know, like 80% of them? <laughs> I worked nights for five years downtown, and I would say 90% at more. I mean, like, it just seemed like everybody was drunk or high or something. Um, so it was always trying to, I don't know, deal with deal with the yeah. expectation of that, where when I first started, I was just like, oh, I'm, you know, a nice little paramedic. Everybody's going to be happy to see me, yeah. and everybody's going to be like sick little old ladies. And that was not the case. <laughs> right. That was really not the case. So it's like I learned kind of fast that it's a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, and just people really are just – they don't like us. I don't know why, but we're not their wow. favorites. That, we, that very blows surprising. me away. So what, as far as drugs, what, what are the most common drugs you encounter? For like over – you know, for the, re- yeah, for, you. <laughs> for the reason of the, being called onto the, onto the scene. Um, you know, we've been going through a spurt recently of K2. 
What's that? Uh, that is a it's synthetic. Pot, right? It's like a synthetic marijuana, but the way I understand it works is that they're actually, it's like a liquid that you either put on something. So they put it on their cigarettes. They can put it on weed. Oh, I And it just makes people like zombies. It, they go from being unconscious to like trying to bite you. But you still can't OD on it, right? Well, you can. I mean, you can to the point where we find them and they're unconscious. So if you're unconscious and you're in a position where you're not breathing because you're slumped over, then it affects now? your ability to breathe. Wow. Um, drive. Heroin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heroin's a big one. Um, heroin's, strangely enough, I would say the fun one because. For sure. Because, I, <laughs> like, in the movies, we can, like, you can, you know, somebody's completely unconscious and it can be that whole, like, live, damn it, live. And, you know, you give them a shot of Narcan and all of a sudden they're like, <gasps> and they're awake. But nobody ever comes back and says, Gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I mean, they're always just like, oh, shit, you ruined my buzz. You ruined my high. Really? Yeah. So, really? Do you want to know my story with that? Yeah. Same th- So I used to be a heroin um, guy. Y- let's just say a, a party guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a partier, party. big partier. Yeah. And uh, did that for a while. Like, addict and- is the, the word. Yeah. It, oh, it did ruin my life, but I mean, for a while. It could sound like fun. Like, everybody, go do heroin it if you was want fun to party. For a yeah, while. you'd sit in a room and drool and fall asleep. Awesome. <laughs> drool. I watched Star Trek. Yeah. But um, Deep Space Nine mostly was in reruns. Um, but had a hooker OD, not my hooker, just she happened to be there, and had to pull her out of the room. The needle fell out of her arm. I had to step around it. It was terrifying because I didn't use needle. I was a. Uh, tin foil with one pinky oh, sure. up, you know, sort of classy, and um, and we set her on the bed, and she was naked because she was getting in the shower, and as we're like trying to slap her awake and whatever, I tried to throw a blanket over, her, and the other junkie I was with like looked at me and goes, "What? Have you never seen a naked woman before?" And I was like, "No, what? <laughs> like I have." Or you're trying to be having these fights in it, <laughs> but then um, we called the paramedics. I had to run to my apartment and smoke all the drugs I had and then hide some in plants in the hallways and stuff. And then I like snuck up with the crowd when the paramedics got there and sure. I looked through the door as they're watching and they hit her with the Narcan and she sat up and the blanket fell down off of her, her breasts and uh, supple breasts and and she looked around with this like disgusted look. She goes, they took all my clothes. Like it and I just wanted to, like, rise up and go, like, you fucking bitch, we saved your life. Like, it felt like I was being accused of rape, you yeah. know. And I did not. I did more to protect her dignity than she did. did. Prostitute. Yeah. No. But anyway, that bitch got hers. No. I bet she's I'm just, just fine today. I'm sure she's doing great. Yeah. She had a great system around her of pimps and yeah, some caring pimps. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Narcan stuff now narcan does always just go in a in an arm thing right you don't put it on the chest or do you you can do it a couple different ways you can do i am so in the muscle mm-hmm. so you like shoot somebody like up in the like muscle popping yes. yeah do you have to Skin find popping. do you have to find a vein to do that no so you can do it in the vein you can okay. do like an iv in the vein you don't just stick the needle and you have to actually start an iv first you can do a muscle so you can just stick it in the tissue and it just it goes right in through your muscle uh-huh. um you can do it up the nose so they have these things oh. called atomizers. It's like a little, mm-hmm. a little white um, cushiony thing that you basically put on the end of it, and it turns it into like a mist, so you can shoot it up their nose. And if you need to, if they're intubated or if you have like a tube in their throat to breathe through them, you can put it down that too. So there's a couple huh. different ways to get it into people. Huh. Makes it pretty easy because I've had people that, you know, if they, if they use needles and they don't have great veins, 
It's just easier yeah. to shoot him in the arm. To be clear, Narcan is the drug in Pulp Fiction where he injected it. Into they say heart, it's right? adrenaline in that, but yeah, it's I think a different. It, yeah, yeah, I think he was using adrenaline in that. Movie. Okay, but I don't know. I didn't same write the idea. Movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. What? What? Um, how did you get into it? Like, how did you know you wanted to do it? That you had the because just for the listeners. Yeah. She is a very unassuming. Like, she looks like a nice. School teacher? Yeah. Well, I kind yep. of right like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very okay. and very, mm-hmm. yep. your manner and everything you is look very, like, like, humble and polite. Yeah, you look like you bring a casserole, a nice casserole <laughs> yeah. to a potluck. Absolutely. I thought you'd have one. I got you guys so fooled. Oh, my gosh. No, awesome. you do. I mean, and now, just from what we're talking yeah. and what we talked before, I am pretty clear that you're not that way. But, <laughs> I mean, really, it yeah. is a, you're a different thing than what you package yourself as. So what, what... You know, did you know that you could do it? Did you want to do no. it? No, I had actually no idea, no plans to ever go into medicine. I think when I was in high school, I wanted to be um, a tax broker or like a broker or do something like with money where I could make lots and lots of money. Um, but no, I uh, had no idea, no plans, because like if I cut myself, I get nauseous and almost pass out. Like yeah. my own blood makes me nauseous. So it was one of those things where I was working at a job where I did um, – kind of customer service, but troubleshooting. I worked at a, like a appliance and heating company. And so people would call in and say, oh, my dishwasher's broken. And I'd have kind of like this list of things to go through before we, you know, charge them a hundred bucks for somebody to go out to their house. And it was kind of that algorithm of, did you check this? Is it plugged in? Is this on? And kind of going through that. And I really like that. And somehow, I don't know, it just came to me one day. I don't know what it was, but it just kind of popped that this was the right thing to do. I mean, I've always been kind of a looky-loo too. It's fun to be able to see kind of what's going on in this way. I get paid to be there in the middle of it, seeing what's going yeah. on. So, um, is no. it a, uh, is it a big adrenaline charge for you? Like you know, even today. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's one of those things where um, it's it's fun. It's fun in the fact that you're under pressure and you're under stress and you're trying to do stuff like fast and accurate, and it's just the challenge of that. Um, and it's that short period of time of having to do stuff. Right, and I guess I don't, it's a combination yeah, well, of things. Well, it's huge stakes. Yeah. I mean, it's life yeah. and death. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a combination of that, and it is, but it's the adrenaline rush. And I, I don't know, I've always been one of those people, I guess, where I like doing dangerous things. I mean, I don't I don't think I'm ever going to get hurt. I just I haven't, and I don't think I will. So I'm kind of like, let's give it a shot. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's like me yeah. with uh, like people in wheelchairs or crippled or whatever. I always just look at them and like, like that's just not me. Like, I yeah. can't do yeah. I'm just too lucky. I don't, I don't see think it I happening. could do that. Yeah, not to me. <laughs> um, what? Uh, so, do you ever feel like uh, dirty that you feel excited to go to this thing that you know is ruining someone's life? Because you should. <laughs> should I? I, I don't feel dirty. I think it's funny because we joke about the fact it's like that joke of I don't want to see something bad happen to you, but when it does, I want to be there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's. It's a weird thing where, like, you look at other people and you describe some of the stuff you do. And, like, I feel excited when I talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I can tell other people looking at me, like, you're nuts. Like, you can just tell in their eyes that they're, like, that's sadistic and awful. And you're, like, but it isn't. Right. <laughs> so, so you do enjoy yeah. talking about it overall? Yeah. I mean, it's, you get used to it. Our job is definitely you'll find we're storytellers. And I think we get through the stress and the emotion of it by telling those stories, telling the incidents that we've been through. Because it's our way of kind of, I don't know, therapy yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, I you, you said one of the most insightful, interesting things, I thought, when we talked beforehand, which is that, you know, uh, in our other interview, we learned, you know, that he definitely, he did it for 15 years, which it sounds like just as long as you did it is, or 
10 years is pretty rare, it sounds like. Is that not is that not accurate in your view? No, there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys with, with my line of work and where I work at, there's a bunch of guys that have done it for 20, 30 years and retired from it. Okay. So I've seen a lot of guys retire, and that's kind of where I do, hope to be. Do a lot of people wash out? Is there any way I can yeah, be right the, here? Yeah, what's the common lifetime of a— You know, people now, I don't know if it's the millennials or if it's just— I'm not sure what it is, but there's— Yep, it's a, a lot shorter. <laughs> there's like a lot shorter, maybe attention span to it, where people get into it, do it for a couple of years, and go on to be nurses, and go on to be firefighters, and go on to be cops. That people aren't staying with it like they used to. It's not necessarily a long term career like it used to be. Yeah. Um, Spe- speaking of millennials, we know one guy who asked his girlfriend permission to change positions during sex. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that just fucking amazing? What? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, because yes. she she considers it to respect. be a sexist thing to not ask. It's it has to be. Do a you decision mind if you we go together. to missionary? Yeah. Could we do it in the fashion of dogs? <laughs> <laughs> the Congress of the Cow, please. That's got to be. Do the, you agree? That's like that's like the biggest turnoff. Like why you? Hey, let's stop all this let's sexiness and discuss what we're gonna do next. There's a whole generation of women coming up who want to be tossed against a wall and fucked like a dog. <laughs> Or not. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. You sh- so you should have came to Swinger that's Sex where Isaac Fest. Isaac Whitty comes in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, that was, uh, Swinger Sex Fest. Are you familiar? We we went last uh, recently. Yeah, you guys said you went as a couple. Yeah, yes. oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, watched a lot of sex. Do you, actually, do you have a lot of? Are there sex injuries that you deal with very often? There are sometimes. Oh yeah. yeah. What what are one of those? Yeah, you know, people never really admit that there's sex injuries, right. I guess. They tend to... Backed into a doorknob. Yeah, try yeah. to cover it up with stuff. Um, you know, it varies. I guess uh, we get there kind of after the fact, so it's... You don't get there for the sex? <laughs> no, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> He's going to hurt that woman. Well, there have been sometimes I call right before we start, you know. This like, I know it's going to be good, and I know it's dangerous. This lady's going to be <laughs> fucked up. You're going to want to get down here. Her, I want, her pussy's going to hurt. What's the, what's, <laughs> Bring a Band-Aid. All right, what, what, was the, what, what are the injuries specifically? You know, I'm trying to think of... I've, you, there must be something up someone's ass. I know somebody I worked with one time had a story where they said that uh, a guy had come in with a electric razor that he had put in his rectum, and oh. it still cut stuff that it probably oh. shouldn't have been cutting. So oh yeah, take the blades out of things if you're gonna. Uh, that would be my suggestion. Um, yeah, like the blender. If you ever get a blender up your ass. Well, it'd feel great as long as you know, nothing goes wrong. Yeah, if you stay <laughs> just. Does it in there? Creative, whatever. I, I, so this is something I've really had, and I, I don't mind saying this. I do mind saying it, or I will later. I once had a. I ate a lot of. My wife was out of town, so I was drinking a lot, not hydrating properly. <laughs> I like expensive cheeses, and it was like a four-day weekend of this. Sure. And I had to go to a comedy show, and I got. Um, I had to do a bowel movement. Mm-hmm. It got it was hardened somehow, and then was not coming out. Okay, and I was terrified. Truly, it was truly one of the worst nights of my life. Like, Sounds miserable. I had to call in sick to a comedy show because shit was stuck in my ass. We might have to edit some of this out. <laughs> Did you go to the hospital or no? Because I thought they'll reject me. They'll go like I'm a doctor. I'm not going to pull shit out of this guy's ass. Like. I make $300,000 a year. I'm not going to do this shit. I think they do that. Yeah. 
Well, I would, and then also, how do you? You can't pull up your pants and drive; it bust off or what? I don't know. It would what? could injure me. It was halfway out. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It was beached. <laughs> so I had for real. I'm serious. And my wife's banging on the door, adding to the pressure. Like, are you okay in there? You have a show pretty soon. I'm just like, oh, and I mean, it's like white pain as it's like I'm crowning, and. And it was truly like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I start trying to spill water down the small of my back. Like, <laughs> try down to my lube it up. Stand. Hydrate me. Try yeah. to lube it up. So then I even went out and I got lube from the bath, from the sex room, our bedroom. And I reached with my fingers and tried to lube around. No, you oh did not. This no, is 100% not. true. Oh, my gosh. And then I started trying to finger sweep it. And I... I broke it off. This is so gross. <laughs> it's a finger sweep. Like, that's a term <laughs> that people... It's not like, a term. That's, 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 get like, this. This is a true... He was finger sweeping. He was curling with yeah. his ass. Truly, <laughs> truly panic. I mean, this truly panicked where I grab my phone and I'm, like, shaking, like mm-hmm. my hands are shaking, and I actually wrote in Google, I wrote, what should I do? Oh, my God. Like, no... I was so fucking panicked. I didn't even write what the thing is. I just wrote, like, what should help. I do? Siri, help. Yeah. And then I, like, looked it up, and it said that the Chinese, like, shit, like, catchers or whatever. Like, yeah, they, they like squat the in a hole in the floor. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. And I, I don't have a hole in my floor in my bathroom <laughs> unless I take the toilet off. Quick, make so a then, hole right. in the floor. <laughs> but my wife left a People magazine in there. So I laid that down because I thought glossy cover. Okay. You know, I could on that and then wipe it or clean it. Oh and uh, I mean, you're finger just. Finger sweep it. Finger sweep it later. Finger sweep it. It was true fucking horror. And then I'd like get it. I finger swept it, busted it off. And it was like, okay, good. It's broken off. And then you feel another one come behind it. And so you're like, terrified. No, like I want to cry. Terrified of your own shit. And I mean, it was harrowing. And I mean harrowing in a real, like, if there, I know why people don't keep revolvers in the bathroom because I would have grabbed it and shot myself in the head. I don't think that's why most people keep a revolver, don't keep a revolver in the bathroom. (laughs) Well, so get this. So, so. hold on. Are you shitting on the magazine that you put on the floor? Yep. Glop by glop. (laughs) (laughs) Did it not not ever occur to you that you could just, like, you could just, like, lift up your legs? Like, because the whole, like, you have to make the squatting shape. Yeah, it's not about shitting Tevin. on the floor. Like, you could have gotten something to put your feet on, so you're still shitting in the toilet. Tevin, only people who have been, like, uh, um, astronauts, special forces type people understand the pressure that I was under. Like, it's something, it's a, a, a level above what humans are meant to experience. But okay. let's just say I'm here today. Okay? Thank you. I survived. And, yeah. I'm going to talk to a school and, next week. Right. Uh, I love persevering. That, I, and, I love that you tell that story every episode. Yes, and, yeah. And I, and, I, and I hate to continue down this lowbrow shitting yeah. humor. But, uh, <laughs> it's not humor. When I, well, not, <laughs> when, uh, when I was in high school, my dad took me out on a hunting trip out in the Colorado mountains. I don't know which mountain range. Whatever. We're out in Colorado. Yeah. And so we were... At our camp, we would have to walk three miles up this mountain every day to go hunt. And so I'm walking back down, and I realize, like, I'm a mile out. I have to shit. I didn't come prepared for this. And the toilet in our camp, anyway, is a hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. So it oh, you really thought, yeah, just like the Chinese. <laughs> so I'm, like, fast walk waddling down this mountain with all my gear. And finally, I'm just like, screw it. Had to shit outside in the woods like a damn animal. Cut every sleeve, boxers off. 
the most ridiculous. You're nude by the time. You yeah, got out I of come it. back yeah. to camp naked. Like try to I try to sneak in, like hide it, and like put a new shirt on so I don't see. I cut my sleeves off. Didn't work. They're Tevin just shit out in the woods like a <laughs> like a goddamn heathen. When when you uh, you know how you said the waddle thing, mm-hmm. you know, like there was this this black guy that I worked with at a furniture store in in uh, Pasadena, California. Yeah. And he would say, if you walk like that, he goes, you go, he was walking around all punch butt. Punch butt? Punch butt, because you have your fist oh, yeah, in your yeah, ass yeah. trying to hold it in, but he oh. was just, Right, you're pinching yeah. your cheeks together, yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. Punch what, what is the, uh, what, does something come to mind as far as uh, a paramedic experience that involved uh, shitting? That, you ever shit on jump, the ambulance? Jumps right <laughs> to, jumps to mind. Uh, um, people call for the strangest things that, it's funny, they did a, the hospital does a skit every year for like um, Christmas kind of thing. They mm-hmm. do like skits and stuff. And one of my coworkers did a like a video or a skit, and um, they were referring to like an actual nine one one call where somebody called and said they were shitting whole carrots and potatoes. Like oh, the nine one one caller said that they were like, "I'm shitting out carrots and potatoes, but they're whole carrots and potatoes." I didn't cook the stew. <laughs> yeah, 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 and like, uh, so that's kind of interesting. But yeah, we get a lot of. Um, Was he shitting out full carrots and potatoes? Supposedly, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who actually went to help, but I'm. I, a lot of people keep stuff too, and they want to show you what it is. Yeah, and that's uncomfortable. My mom wanted to look at my uh, shit when I was young once, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, there's been times I've stepped in it before and had to like go back to the office and like literally scrub my boots with a brush because people get stuck somewhere on the ground or something and they just they urinate they shit so you're yeah people are gross yeah what what uh what is i guess what are your what are your lifetime stats how many saves not as many as i'd like um it sounds like that doesn't happen as much as what people think yeah i mean we we have good numbers does it happen like so when i say a save i mean like this guy probably should be dead, but compressions and what yeah. you know, it was yeah. like a last minute thing. I guess does that happen five times a year, twice a year? For me, not so much. Because you're, you're I don't bad get a lot. Of, I'm, yeah, maybe I'm bad at it. That very well could be. Um, but for statistic wise, like Minnesota, like the Twin Cities, we have really good numbers for resuscitation um, overall. Not me personally. I mean, What's people the, tend to stay dead. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what we heard from the last guy, and yeah. he did it 15 years. What? What is um, the most miraculous save that you've ever seen or been around or maybe heard? Um, I think. Like, can someone be dead for two minutes or whatever? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, so I guess. I know underwater. Yeah, freezing. kids are better. So they, a couple years ago, there was um, a drowning, a couple drownings, mm-hmm. um, five kids that drowned. And we ended up transporting and getting the last one, which was a infant, a one-year-old. Oh. And so she had been in the water for 30 minutes. Oh, my God. So ice oh cold water, 30 minutes. God. I can cry. Um, and so, How'd yeah. they go in? Like, uh, vehicle. Vehicle that yeah. went off a, what, a bridge? Off a, off a road, like into a pond. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we got there, and they thought that all the kids were out, and they found <clears> that there was one more. And so we got her and transported her. And kids have a, I don't know, some ability to live better than adults do when it comes to, like, cold water is yeah. good, being kids are good. Um, but we did CPR on her and we ventilated her and did everything we could. And, uh, it's weird cause there's things like that, that like you kind of, you zone out what you're looking at. Like you don't look at people's faces a lot of times because you're trying to focus on other things. And I just remember cutting her shirt off and her shirt said, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Oh. And so that was kind of one of those things like Stuck that's, in your head. that's what sticks in my head. But, 
Um, as far as I know, she survived. So she was in the water for 30 minutes. How long were you working on her before she came back? Um, you know, I don't know. We worked on her and got her to the hospital, and they have um, they have this equipment where they can basically go in and uh, hook everything up to your heart and basically warm up your blood externally. And so they took her to another hospital to do that because we didn't have enough machines at the you hospital. You can't do that, that by hand? No, no. <laughs> okay. No, I'm like, we can hold them and stuff. But, yeah, Awkward. so they, they did something. So I would have guessed probably an hour at least or so. I mean, I had a, I had a guy that died um, this beginning of this winter. He was frozen, and so people aren't dead until they're warm and dead, if they're mm. cold and dead. And they worked on him for four hours to get his body temperature up from, like, I'm trying to think what it was. It was uh, in the 70s, I think. His, his temperature was ridiculously low and close, almost close to the record of how low somebody could be revived at. But they had worked on him for over four hours to get an adult back from cold enough to be warm enough to be... Pronounced dead. Yeah, and he actually, they, we got him back. I think he lasted a day and then died. So, What do you think about that? Like, I mean, about working on... Get, because to me, that sounds like something where you go... Maybe bring him back, but he's going to be diminished probably yeah. significantly, I guess. Do you ever kind of, like, go through the motions, like, I'm doing you a favor here, just whatever? Yeah, well, it's kind of one of those things where, I don't know, I, I, I feel like if we bring him back, then the way I see it is, you know, even if you if you work somebody and you transport them to the hospital, like, there's hospitals that are teaching hospitals in the Twin Cities here, and, and so there's, you know, doctors who are residents that are learning how to treat people, so... By getting somebody to the hospital, not only does it show the you know friends, family, everybody that you're doing everything, I think it helps them feel less guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by getting there, then you help the doctors in that position have an opportunity to try and do more, learn more. And I don't, oh. I don't know. It's okay, man. We're just practicing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. But I think even getting somebody back, you know, they're not going to come back all the way. And the, for the most part, they really don't get to the point where – I think their bodies get back to the point where somebody has to decide that they're going to, you know, like be vegetated for a long period of time. That just doesn't happen mm-hmm. as much now. It's like their bodies either shut down and people realize that it's like, okay, this isn't worth it. Let's just stop. I mean, okay. it's not like they stay. It's not like we ever get somebody back or at least not that I'm aware of, you know, where you get them back and they're like, oh, okay, they're going to be a vegetable in a nursing home for 30 years. So oh, okay. It's just, numbers, we don't see you, that. You said some. You said that the numbers up north are really good. Does in all that, the does, Twin Cities. Oh, Twin yeah. Okay. That, does that have to do with the cold? Com- when you are you saying that comparatively to San Antonio or something? I think it's the. Does the cold keep people <laughs> preserved? It, and stuff? I think it does me. I mean, that's why I look so young. But um, <laughs> I think it might help some. I mean, there's part of it is the technology. Like we're pretty advanced when it comes to um, the different types of resuscitation that we use. Right. There's a thing now we just recently started using. It's called a rescue pot. So basically, I don't know, however many years ago. It's like a big bowl. Uh, it's a bong they take out of yeah, the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. And then you go like, take <laughs> this. It is a pot, man. It's a, well, it's a <laughs> pod, not bong. I don't know. Oh, where do you get bong pod, from? Oh, well, you said pod. Pod, P-O-D. Pod, okay. Pod. Oh, okay, my mistake. I know. Sounds it's a much Tide better. pod that you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's a plunger. It's okay. basically a big toilet plunger. And years mm-hmm. ago, some guy found that a toilet plunger was really good for CPR. And so it's a plunger that um, by not only pushing the – like compressing the heart pushes the blood out. But when you lift back up, the plunger, the suction sucks the blood back into your heart. Oh, you do it on the chest? Yeah. For yeah. some reason, I was thinking face. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely thought you put a plunger to the mouth yeah. and no, like no, breathe, no, goddammit. No, mm-hmm. no, no. So it's, it's uh, a plunger for the chest. But it actually – 
<laughs> I thought you were talking about a toilet. <laughs> I can I only use them on toilet. So you just plunge your own toilet and that brings <laughs> so, people back to life? <laughs> if you don't know how to do CPR, just use a plunger is what I'm saying. Um, but no, so we have more equipment and they're doing more studies and they're finding that this is a better quality CPR because it not only pushes the blood out of the heart, you know, to your head and everywhere else, but it also... Um, the suction pulls the blood back in. Yeah. So, oh, okay. It's Would the you techniques and the equipment. That someone like, it, you know, if Isaac keels over, should I go grab a like because I don't know how to do CPR? Should I just I could put teach a plunger you on his chest for real? Like, I mean, is that better for a novice? Do you think? Because it's kind of. <laughs> I'm not going to suggest that necessarily, but to, and for, for you two, advice. it would be. I I'm think, saying for him specifically. Yeah, for you two, yeah. yes. yes. <laughs> if if I was if I was out cold and you needed to give me like CPR or try to resuscitate me, and you grabbed the plunger out of your bathroom, mm-hmm. I would wake up instantly. Yeah, don't touch me with that nasty <laughs> shit. Yeah, because uh, you put it on his face, probably right. No, I'm not. I'm not down. I'm not down. My wife yells at me for using too much toilet paper all the time, but um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Were you around when you had to do, like, actual mouth-to-mouth? Or, like, how often do you still have to do real mouth-to-mouth? I haven't. Okay. Other than on dates, you know. Yeah. (laughs) In in personal life. Because I find that a lot of times being a paramedic, you tell people that. People come up to you and they're like, oh, my my heart's broken or my chest hurts or I need mouth-to-mouth. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. I don't know, that's like a pickup line, I guess, or something. Oh, yeah. um, I don't. I have, um, I worked with one person that did, and then I think... I don't know if they put you on antibiotics afterwards so or what, but, but it's, I mean, it's, unfortunately it's dangerous where there, you know, I've, there's been a police officer, there was a story about a police officer that died after giving mouth to mouth to an infant because he had a respiratory dis, like disease oh. and the cop got sick and died. So it's like, you know, his wife and kids lost him because he did it. But oh, when it's a baby, baby. Yeah. 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 When it's a kid, I mean, I get, I get it. People trying to do stuff, but it's not as important as it used to be. The chest uh, compressions are more important, so you I, don't really need uh, to do the mouth-to-mouth. I have uh, one of my very, very closest friends growing up was a EMT, and he was saving an old lady who had a heart attack. And she, pu- like he said, he's never been able to eat raisins because she puked raisins into his <laughs> mouth when, like, when he did it. And it's like, that yeah. is so – I never thought well, of that for ugh. whatever paramedic yeah, stuff. Yeah, no. There's, well, it's funny because there are things – there's things that – like I had a coworker that had a – stressful like practice thing like he was practicing training and they used um oatmeal and so every time i'd go to eat like oatmeal at work Uh. he'd just get really pissed at me because i was like eating oatmeal and it reminded him of that stressful moment yeah (laughs) but uh no i mean i've had like strawberry margaritas thrown up on me i've had it's funny because you get used to it and sometimes just because the fact that you're so exhausted after working so hard you're like that was exhausting we just tried to save that guy's life and you know he was you know whatever it was just a mess and you're like I'm hungry. Let's go get something to eat. Like, yeah, it just it's, it makes you hungry. What? That, oh, can I? Uh, go ahead. So, when you, I uh, on the show, Nurse Jackie, uh, like it just showed. <laughs> I don't know. There must be. Is there some? Is there any truth to that? You know, paramedic people hate whatever this. Type Nurses or cops what, or whatever. Is yeah. There what any type kind of, of people in hospitals? Who's your rival? Yeah. Who's our rival? Are there yeah. rivals? Or there are some places. Um, some of the suburbs, because it comes down to the money, like some of the cops and the firefighters, it's, you know, who gets what area, who gets on what calls. Um, for us, we really don't have that as much. I mean, we, I think it's funny because, you know, we talk about the fact that we don't get as much, I don't know, glory when it comes to stuff. But we always joke, like, who do you think the firefighters and the cop call when they need help? Yeah. You know, like they call us. So we're the ones that save them. Oh, um, well, that's what we're saying. There's no, no. 
the, like paramedics are tr- truly just pure heroes in a sense, and they don't even get their own like kind of porn. No, there's fireman porn, there's cop <laughs> porn, there's never right. like some chick with broken legs or whatever. And then you go there, I <laughs> go, I know what's gonna fix this, and then. No, you know, fuck it right there on That's the floor, what you or like straighten out. That would be glory if they did have it that be. type of porn. I think oh guys, yeah, you guys yeah. have an opening for it. I think you yeah. guys can do. They this. don't even do furniture man porn either. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they do. Yeah, where you just fuck the sofa, <laughs> uh, which I did in eighth grade all the time. Um, what? Nice looking sofa. Nice. Show me the love seat. It's got a lot of pictures of it on its phone. What? Um, I don't know. Like. Have you ever wanted to break down on a call? Like just where, yeah. you know, where you catch something like that? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like, any example? Like- yeah. There was a gal, um, her husband had been diagnosed with cancer and somehow he fell in the bathroom and got stuck in the tub like overnight. She didn't know he was in there for a couple hours. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know if just positioning or what happened, but he went into cardiac arrest at some point. So we got there and my partner was trying to resuscitate him and just her story was very personal and touching to like uh, a family member that I had that died so my mom had died from cancer Mm -hmm. and so it was just something about it I just connected with her and um, I made it through like having a conversation with her and trying to help her through it because people feel guilty like they should have known she should have known he was in the tub she should have been able to do all that and it's like part of our job isn't just saving the person that we're there for it's I, I feel like it's part of helping the other people cope or helping yeah. Family members cope or doing something. I mean, I just felt like it, it was more, and I was at that point the right person, the right place to try and comfort her. And so I was, but when I went back outside to try and get like her stretcher and stuff, I started crying, and the cop just kind of looked at me that was on scene, and I'm like, nope, I'm good, I'm good. But it was just, it was one of those things that was hard to, hard, mm-hmm. hard not to get upset about. It was hard not to feel this lady's pain. And I think that's one of the tougher things I have with this job is, um, I don't know. I guess I, I, I've always been emotional. I just thought it was part of being a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it is. Um, I find that, uh, <laughs> like, I have a hard time. Like, I want to heal people so much or help people so much that I feel like I take their sadness on. Mm-hmm. And so it just it wears on you. It's heavy. Yeah. So. What is the worst death that you've ever encountered? There's been two that were rough. The one that surprised me was um, a miscarriage um, into a oh. toilet. And you hear about it. I mean, you always hear and I'm people not are like. I'm trying to minimize, but that shocks me that that's even. It well, it's funny because well, that's just it. Like I'd heard about it, and then having to actually pick up, uh, you know, a under twenty week old infant out of a toilet, you know, like Uh-oh. a fetus. Okay, it, and it so, was developed. Like yeah, you, okay, yeah, it was like a little, and so it was just like never mind. And it bothered yeah. me, and I'm like, it, it was weird because my partner kept saying, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine." And like he must have been able to tell, but I don't know why it. There's nothing that I can equate it to, like, oh. in my personal life that it oh. would have bothered me, but it bothered me. And it was strange because it stuck in my head for weeks and months to the point where I was like, I needed to do some therapy over it because yeah. it just it bothered me. Um, can but, you see the, like, can you see it? Yeah. 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 When, I, I can, when I picture, I can see it. And then the other one after that was more recent. Sorry. No, no. It, was, it was small. I mean, like, uh, small. Like the size of a softball. Yeah. Yeah. But that's weird when it's musculature. Like, you know, well, it's attached to somebody. To see that, yeah. Right? Oh, I mean, it's still God. attached to somebody, and it's like she didn't want to see it. And oh, I don't, for the woman. Like, there's part of you that says, like, do I try and do CPR? Do I try? Like, oh, my what God. Am I, what am wow. I supposed to do? Like, I know it's under, you know, like babies. I think the youngest baby that they have that survived is like 23 weeks. And so it's like, 
what am I? What's the right thing to do in this situation? Like I was just kind of like I don't know either. Like she doesn't want to see it, and flush. it's like a, yeah, <laughs> flush. Cut the scissor and hit cut, flush. Cut the umbilical cord. It's a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a boy. <laughs> oh god, that's horrible. So yeah, I have children. Sorry. So then, he, so she just didn't take her the. She just, sit, she just stayed on the pot. She was yeah. She was still sitting on the toilet, just oh, that's crying, so upset. Disturbing. I'm so. It yeah. just took us like five or ten minutes to even get her to calm down to talk, and then. Once that happened, it's like, well, it's already been there for five or ten. Like, if even if I yeah, were to try to just drown, why? I'm not going to try to at least throw a raft down there. So, but there was there was yeah. another one. Koozie. <laughs> there was another one a couple um, couple a years ago. Boat. Sorry. What are those like inflatable life like rafts that you pull? No, the can koozie would be a little. Oh, okay. Little, okay. Put a little uh, a pencil and then a little sail over there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what Super was the normal. other thing? The other one, yeah. The other one was um, we had a guy a couple years ago that was run over by a bus downtown Minneapolis. It was one of those things where the bus wheel caught him, and it basically everything from like his, I don't know, midsection from his pelvis through his abdomen, everything was just shoved up. Like uh, to me, it made me think of like a tube of toothpaste being mm-hmm. squeezed up through his head. Wow. Oh my God. And he was still. Eh, I don't want to say alive, but um, one of his legs, all of the skin had been taken off one of his legs, and you could oh see my. the blood pulsing through his arteries. So you could tell that there was still blood moving because you could see, like, you could see the arteries pulsating. So you knew that there was a pulse in that leg, but I don't know if it was because that leg was deformed and trapped into the bus that it was because of that that it still had the pulse. But he looked like, I mean, his head looked like a wood tick about to explode. Oh, my God. You just and, signal to the bus oh, driver, like, oh. go ahead, back it up. No, well, that's just it. So it was like, I, you know, I, I'm a big believer that when you get on scene that there's traumatic accidents and deaths oh. are the part that make me the most nervous. I don't want to leave somebody who's dead and not dead and say that they mm-hmm. are dead. You know, like you hear these stories about somebody who's like, oh, yeah, the medics said they were dead and couple hours later, the coroner found him alive breathing. I'm like, that's my biggest fear is uh-huh. I don't want to leave somebody. So we put some stickers on him, and I tried to you know, take a look at his heart, and I even tried listening. Put but some it seemed stickers like on him? So we have stickers that are Mr. Um, EKG. Mr. stickers. <laughs> they haven't had those around for years. What? I had those What's myself. What's again? But we it's been put... a while. What sticker? He's back. Mr. Mr. Yuck. Mr. Yuck. You remember Mr. Yuck? Yeah, it was like no. the green, like, and he had his tongue out, and yeah. he put out chemicals so like kids Mr. knew Yuck. not to Yuck. drink the bleach. <laughs> like Tide Pods yeah. and stuff, right? Um, but no, so we put um, EKG stickers on him so I could see what his heart rhythm looked like to see if his heart was still trying to beat. And it kind of was, but like even his chest was so deformed because I think his ribs were in his oh. throat. Like everything was shoved up that I was just, I was kind of stunned. Oh. I was just like, I don't even know what I could do, but Take I couldn't. Take a sword and just lop that off. So, so we, I mean, we called him and said, you know, there's nothing we can do. And it was just called one of those him. things. Called it meaning like we called him a DOA. So okay. we, a phrase that we use, like if you call somebody, it meaning like, Okay, we're going to call it time of death is. Yep. So we're allowed to do time of death. That's one of the, the things that we do. Did you do um, it like in five minutes? <laughs> His time of death was like in five minutes from yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, we get to do that. And, and it's one of those things where it was just kind of like I looked at get fire. To. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I don't know. I, it's, this may sound strange, but it's, it's a privilege. Does yeah. that seem weird? Because I feel like I have the opportunity to be there when somebody's born and when somebody dies. And it's like how many people get to be with somebody in the last moments of their life. And it's a privilege mm-hmm. for me to be there. And, you know, based on my religious beliefs, I, you know, a lot of times I'll say prayers for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So you must feel conflicted when someone dies then, kind of. It's like, oh, I want to save you, but heaven's going to be so great. 
It's frustrating. I feel, I feel the pressure that's my job to save them, and I feel guilty if I don't. Yeah. So I, there's Is guilt that your, goes with it. So what you said, you like, so after the guy gets hit by the bus, yeah. and then you call the time of death. Is it your guy's job then to clean everything up? Nope. So then in that case, uh, we have to just write a report document because it's a medical document, but it can be used for, you know, if there's homicides, suicides, whatever. I mean, technically the bus ran him over, so he was killed by the bus driver. Um, (laughs) Way to put it on him. (laughs) Do you want to say his name? City employee. No, no. And actually I felt bad because I – part of me, like, you get so used to kind of asking questions that you try to be sensitive, but sometimes you ask things and afterwards you're like, oh, shit, I – that didn't yeah, come I, out right. I can uh, really so I asked the, I asked the bus driver. The I asked the bus driver. I'm like, can you tell me kind of what happened? Like, you know, because I want to find out. You know, if I have to tell the coroner that the guy jumped in front of the bus or something. And he's like, I said, do you, did you see him? Was he in front of the bus and the side? And this bus driver started crying and just fell to the floor. Uh. And that just killed me because I'm like, he just he couldn't even talk about. It. He was so upset. I'm like, not only did he just kill somebody, but now his job is probably over. I mean, I can't imagine they let him keep driving the bus. It changed his life. I yeah. mean. Yeah. significantly altered his life. Do and we know for sure the guy didn't jump out in front of the bus? Or No, I don't think he did. I do think it was because he was hit by the side of the bus. So, mm-hmm. do, do you – so, okay, in that case, one thing that I missed with it is that he was obviously – and we're, we're I'm joking a lot with this one. And no, thanks, fine. It's fun. But, yeah. but it is like – that's so disturbing. Is, is it something that – like do you wince and look away? When you see that, or does it almost make you look deeper? Because like, yeah. what is this? I look oh, deeper. Really? I like. I I'm one of those people where I just want to. I don't know. It's that urge to walk up and poke something to see if it moves. You know, mm-hmm. it's that right. kind of thing where, um, yeah, I like to. I like to investigate. I like to look at stuff and you know, like kind of tilt your head a couple different ways and be like, huh, I wonder how that got there. And because it, I don't know, I find it interesting. It's morbidly interesting, but it's interesting. What What is the most pain you've ever seen someone in? Like, like, it has ever okay, my wife, my second child's birth, <laughs> for real. It was a true nightmare. Mm-hmm. They missed the whatever. It w- went on forever to where I just wanted to ask my wife, like, please let me leave this room. I can't <laughs> be in here with you caterwauling like this. Like she's in so much pain. You could watch her a break. be in pain. Yeah, no, no. I needed a break. Can I leave? Right? Yeah. Can I? <laughs> I know that you're in I pain right now, to... but I really just need to step out. It's too <laughs> stressful for me. I just need 10 minutes to go collect myself, and I'll come back in and deal with this. But but really, I did learn that it was very hard for me to see her in that much pain. Ve- like, I-, I wouldn't have traded places with her because it looked like it hurt really bad. But, <laughs> like, have you ever had that situation where it's like, oh, my God, just put him out of this misery? Yeah. Or like, yeah. yeah, and the nice part is, is I carry drugs that I can do that. I mean, it's yeah. there's times where I don't right now. We carry, <laughs> we carry ketamine, you know, and ke- oh, ke- special really? K, yeah. I mean, special K, huh? Yeah, we carry ketamine, man, and that stuff. Well, time ago, I did that wasn't yeah. for me. That oh. stuff is good stuff from what I understand. Um, so we carry that. So it's one of those things where, you know, I've seen people, I don't know, I've, like from car accidents and stuff where they're just – People, it's weird. Is there one that's horse tranquilizer? Like, like, that's like, what it is. Like right? that yeah. guy was in the most pain. You know, I, there was a guy that was, I think, had kidney stones one time, and the guy was rolling on the floor, profusely sweating, pale, and I just felt so bad for him. Like he, you know, a grown adult guy who literally looked like he would have, like you said, if he had a gun, he would have, you know, just shot himself because mm-hmm. he was at the point where he was suffering so bad. Yeah. And it's frustrating because <clears throat> you can give him drugs and give him drugs, but there's sometimes there's a limit on what drugs we can give for what things. Where and I, I couldn't right give, kind of yeah, I could give Dilaudid, but I couldn't give ketamine, so I could give him our you narcotic, which is ten truck. times stronger than morphine. Uh-huh. So I gave him like two milligrams of that or four milligrams of that, and it just wasn't touching it. And I called the doc and I said, Doc, this guy is suffering. Can I please just give him some of this? And they're like, No. 
Really? I'm just like, oh, you're killing me here. Like, right? Sometimes you just want to be like, like, look, I'm gonna sneak this. I, well, don't tell me no. <laughs> I don't take no well. Like, do you think? Do you think guy, like, do you think paramedics? They, there are ones out there who've done it for 20 years. Like, look, I'm fucking sneaking this guy a dilated or whatever. Well, it's, it's a lot easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to right. permission. Um, you know, it's I don't know. I think if if you don't call in general, you know, you can just say, well, I, the protocols are written where there's standing orders. So our protocol would be, if somebody's having asthma, you can give them albuterol and. Mm-hmm. But you can't give them pain meds if they're having asthma attacks. So there's rules written that we're allowed to do these things without asking. Um, but our doctors said that within reason, if you can justify why you did what you did, then right. he's willing to accept that and back you. So what, you hope that's true. Do you ever talk to like, is, is, is your business a lot like older other businesses where it's like, oh, man, they used to be able to be a lot more liberal with it. But now there's more rules or, or is it pretty much the same? Do the no, old timers say now. the same thing? I think we're better. I think, you know, everybody's different. Like they you get a lot of drug seekers now because of the mm-hmm. narcotic epidemic or whatever you want to awesome call it. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a lot of people and, you know, Party. it's Party. not my job to judge. So it's like I, I don't pay for the drugs. The drugs are here. It's not my job to judge. It's the doctor's job to help figure out if somebody's, you know, using narcotics on a regular basis. So I don't, I'm not stingy. You know, I mean, sure. you're in pain. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me to give you medications as long as I can justify it. And you're not like doped up on your own pills already. Yeah. What's the biggest faker that you've ever uh, encountered? Like, have so, you ever <laughs> seen someone doing a bad job of it almost? Like, oh, 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 yeah. 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 There's some people fakes. that I can't, I can't walk. I can't walk. And it's like the saying is there's always one good walk left in them. There's always one <laughs> okay. good walk left in everybody. And I've seen people actually you get said, up and walk. Well, look, and then I'll like, set a Dilata down 15 feet away if you can walk to that. <laughs> Yeah, so there's, huh. you know, there's people that are, they'll try and fake like I can't walk or like my leg hurts and then they'll forget what leg it is. Yeah. And so they'll like limp with the other leg and you're like, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, people that fake being unconscious. And have you guys ever seen the arm drift where you like, you what? hold their arm up above their head. If you drop it and they hit themselves in the head, well, they're probably unconscious. Yeah. You'll hold their arm up and they'll do this. It's like, uh, that's well, like, where like uh, what she did is yeah. she made it where you drop your hand, but it misses your head. It just turns at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> so people yeah. purposely aren't going to hit themselves. But that's just like, um, well, what was that news? Or that thing with that the guy Hulk in the Hogan plane? The third one. Is when <laughs> yeah. 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 That show, what was that? That guy that got pulled off the airplane for yeah, the, Asian guy. Yeah. And they said he was unconscious in the picture. He's holding his cell phone. Yeah. Well, unconscious people can't hold their cell phone. Like, mm-hmm. you don't hold your cell phone when you're unconscious. So, obviously, it was faking. So, I just, I mean, things like that. Like, people. Yeah. And there's ways to find out. We have things that we can stick in places to find out if people are faking it or not. So like what? Yeah. We have. Um, Finger up the butt. Cucumber. I leave that, one for, sweet. I leave that one for the doctors. <laughs> yeah, I don't go anywhere near that. That's the doctor's <laughs> job. <laughs> but, uh, so, we have these things called uh, oral, or what is it, nasal pharyngeal. So, it's a. Uh, it's basically a tube that you can stick in somebody's nose or an oral pharyngeal, which is basically a little plastic piece that holds their tongue so you can stick it in their mouth. And um, the nasal one, it, usually if somebody's conscious but they're not, I don't know, they're faking it, it's basically a long tube that sticks down your throat that will gag you. And so if I can stick it down their nose and they take it, I'm like, they're really good actors. And if yeah. they reach up and pull it out or they, like, get mad and swear at me and, like, what the fuck is that, you know, kind of thing, I'm like, <laughs> Well, then wake Are up. Are you crazy, bitch? You're like, <laughs> I get called that a lot at work, actually. That's Do you really? Common. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I we got, get called a lot of names. Uh, we'll get to that, but I just want to tell you, since we're on it, is I have a life hack, I think you call it for that, because uh, I deal with a similar thing with my wife, with a faking uh, 
um, just she fakes that she's a bad lay and just kind of lays there, doesn't do much. So yeah, I take a yeah. cigarette and yeah. I and I just burn her ass with it, just, <laughs> you know, just to get her moving. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's good. We have two kids. Not We're very happy. <laughs> We're very happy together. So. I don't even know what to say after that. Oh, even... burn, yeah, if you see her, burn her with a cigarette. <laughs> um, so you hear about it a lot, like this kind of, I guess, an urban legend where if paramedics show up on the scene and you're a donor and they see yeah. that on the card, they'll maybe not try as hard or to save your life. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that ever being the case or is everybody pretty no, up and up? And you know what? That's funny because um, the only places I'd heard of that, I lived down in New Orleans for a couple of years and... I heard that down there that that a lot of people thought that, but that's totally not the case. So if you're first of all, if we can find your license, because we're not really worried about where your license is at the moment, like we're worried about if you're dead. Um, if it says a donor on it, to be a donor, you have to actually be alive. So if we resuscitate you and you're alive, then you have the possibility of being a donor. Once you're dead, you're dead. They can't. What? So it's, there's different donor types. I did so not I not know that. I actually Why worked. I, I worked for a company. I so I worked for a company that. Um, did organ donation. So okay. she's saying like, you have to be alive to, internal, get to donate in, an organ. Inter- well, there's a different kinds of alive. So like okay. internal organs, right? So like you're talking about your liver, your non-penis uh, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the only extra and I don't, organ. For I some reason they don't donate that at all. I don't know why. Um, but like your hey, heart, I, your lungs, I'd give your a liver. A few uh, women out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's oh, clever. Yeah, I love yeah. it. That's yeah. so clever. Oh, they love it too. <laughs> you're such a donor. That's oh, nice. Yeah. Um no, so like your organs, to donate your organs, you your body has to be alive. So like if somebody gets shot in the head, their right. brain is gone. Like their brain can't function and their brain can't make their body function. Like, But sometimes they'll function separately. Like your heart can keep moving, um, but maybe your lungs don't work because your brain tells you to breathe. So if somebody gets shot in the head, they're a perfect donor. Or if somebody has a stroke, they're a perfect donor. Uh, body's alive. Because but, the body's yeah. alive for the organs. So oh. if somebody's dead and you don't resuscitate like you don't try and resuscitate them um donation wise it would be your corneas your skin um things like that that would be more cadaver type stuff that they could use but to be a donor to like actually make a big difference i mean you give someone your kidneys your body has to be alive so it's a very small it's like one percent of the population that can actually be donors it's it's a super small percentage and as far as like religions and stuff go there's no religion on document that um has anything documented ever saying that they're against organ donation? Um, it's really it's strange, but it tends to be more of a um, a racial divide. Like there's certain um, nationalities. You ain't getting my heart. That don't <laughs> like the donate. What kind of accent was that, that supposed to be? <laughs> it's an Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, you ain't getting my heart. <laughs> Did I do it? That was, that was good. Yeah. I did it different. So like I don't know Texas why I'm Asian? making this a race right. thing. I don't know. It just I, I really did think that it'd be black people who would want to give their um, organs. That's what I from what I understand yep. the company I work for, that was a big part of it. And it was because of it was you. because of the belief Selfish that it's on you, Well it was because of the belief that, like you said, that um, either they're not gonna try and save you if you say that you're an organ right. owner, but that's the opposite. You'd have to try and save them. And then um, just like the idea that people are out selling it making money off your organs and you're mm-hmm. not getting anything where like the largest number of people that need organs are black people who need kidneys i guess tend to be like one of the biggest populations mm-hmm. that need an organ yeah and so i want to say there's like them <laughs> from each other so. i've only stolen two kids Tommy so. kidneys. Oh, yeah, man. Right. he's only stolen two yeah. so so just to be totally clear yeah. though that like if i died yeah and 
people started bidding on my eyes, how much would my family get of that money? Nothing. Wow. Well, huh. you have terrible well, eyes. Well, can you imagine if someone got my eyes, though? Like, what a thrill for them. All right. So well, deep blue. Same. I'm gonna leave it in my will that my organs should be sold on the black market, and then oh. proceeds go to my family. Lower prices though for the blacks. <laughs> right. but, uh, well, yeah, we're not quite. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right, so why, yeah. Um, when when you say that, like, if someone gets shot in the head, yeah, and their body's still alive, does that mean like, oh god, this guy got shot in the head, and he's a donor? We gotta. Does that mean like we gotta go double time? No, so they get him to the hospital. Yeah, does it change what you do at all? No, yeah, no, not okay. not in the field. It doesn't change a thing. So the idea is that when they get to the hospital, um, there's a skill that they use to kind of figure out how. It's called a GCS, and so are you gonna say how dead they? Are? Just say how dead yeah, kind of like, like that movie. Yeah, um, it's Princess Bride. So like if if You're there's just kind of dead, <laughs> mostly dead, mostly Billy dead, Crystal. yeah, mostly, mostly dead. dead, yeah, mostly dead, yeah. Um, so there's a, a skill that they use to see, like, um, your verbal response, your motor response. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I say, hey, you, and you open your eyes, that part. So, you know, if so, the lowest you can be is a three. A rock's a three. You're dead, you're three. You're mostly dead, you're a three. Um, so with that being said, like, when you get to the hospital, they do a bunch of things to see if they can get you back. And if they get to the point where they, like, for example, if you're shot in the head and your brain's not going to come back, but your body's still <laughs> in great shape, I mean... Oh. They'll turn around and they do this thing called, um, oh, I'm trying to think what it is again, um, but it's basically a test to see if you're brain dead. So mm-hmm. people who are brain dead and their bodies are still working, they're physically, like their bodies are alive, but their brain's dead. And so you can be declared brain dead, dead, mm-hmm. and your body still, your lungs are moving, your heart's still beating. And so it's hard for a lot of people to be able to donate organs because they're looking at their family member laying there and they're like, they look like they're alive, right? but they're not, but they do... Um, they check like uh, if your eyes move like dolls, if they shake your head and your eyes move back and forth like a doll. They uh, put cold water in your ear because that's like the most sensitive part that you respond somehow. Um, so they do a bunch of tests to see if there's any kind of brain activity at all. So it's kind of chicken with a head cut off situation. Yeah, Somewhere, that's exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Your body's alive. Your brain isn't. And that's those are the people that can donate um, <clears throat> unless it's a like, you know, I say I'm going to give you my kidney. Yeah. That Something blows. Like that. that blows my mind. I always assumed that like it went from nope. the accident. They get the cooler full of ice, and they're like, yeah. "We got oh, no. 20 minutes to get this heart into somebody." Too. No, it's and actually, it's it's. I got a chance to scrub in one time, which I'd never want to work in a surgery room because that's exhausting. Trying mm-hmm. to scrub like three different sides of your arms and your hands, and you can't touch anything, and you're walking around like, yeah, uh, with your arms up in the air because you can't like touch anything. Movie. But yeah. yeah, but they um when they do it, they they don't like the word harvest because it they're not corn. Um, they, the people in that field like the word recovery, but I saw this kid get his lungs taken out, his heart taken out and his organs. And it was, he was like a 16 year old who'd been shot in the head and I felt bad, but I thought, my God, his like organs are beautiful. They're pristine. His liver is this shiny pink, pretty color. I mean, he just, I thought he just had the most healthy, beautiful organs and he's Mm going to save all these people, you know, people's lives from this. But, um, you have like four hours for the heart. So once they take the heart out, they do, they package it up in ice, but it's all like done in surgery. So mm-hmm. it's something that happens maybe a couple days after somebody has the accident to begin with. They try and do everything they can to revive you. And if they can't, then that's the next option. Is but, it hard to, I, I don't know, uh, to not be judgmental when you do it? Like, I mean, is that a thing ever to where you go like, oh, this person's fucking gross. Like, they, like, I mean, for yeah. real, do they ever yeah. actually repulse you sort of as a yeah. person? Yeah, that's what happens when yeah. you smoke crack all the time. Right. You know, like, I had a couple coworkers who had a patient that had been in bed for three years. 
and they actually had to cut the mattress out around her and i guess she had like multiple species of bugs and insects oh, i bet and she had no mattress protector <laughs> she probably did that's probably how she felt but she had been there and when your body gets like I don't know, sedentary, I guess, and you're just stuck in that position. Things Your body, the mattress. just everything, like, yeah, she just, I mean, she hadn't gone to the bathroom. We're talking, like, in that bed for three years without moving, um, and they cut her out. But it's so goofy that when you start moving somebody's body, like, if you're laying perfectly still, all the fluids and everything stay where they are. And if there's dead tissue and dead stuff, maggots, whatever, <laughs> chewing on you, I mean, you're just, you're surviving. Oh. But when you start moving that person, those fluids shift, and so all the... Um, Gases. Ba- or... Yeah, any bad stuff, like all the stuff that's built up in your blood that's toxic when you start moving it, it's like taking a you know a bottle of water and shaking it up everything kind of shifts around and she managed to live like that for three years and then when they moved her and brought her to the hospital she died the next day because Wait. just all that moving around killed her she was alive with like maggots chewing into yeah. her and- yeah and the maggots eat all the dead stuff so it keeps you alive oh. so it doesn't it doesn't get infected basically they're eating all the dead like leech yeah that is so what? gross. Yeah, and there's times where you see, like you said, you see gross stuff and you just keep your mouth shut or you just try and, like, I don't know, push it down. And then afterwards you're just like, oh, my God, that was awful. You know what I mean? Yeah, what are the gross ones like that? Are there things that, like, I mean, I just think of even, like, seeing people, like, I, I don't want to The lady was so going awful. to the bathroom in a bedpan, right? No. Just what on herself. fuck? Right, that's <laughs> what you, you exist in it. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh. No, and there's there's a lot of that. I mean, there's... There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. There's more of that than you'd think. She's shitting in a mattress for three years? All of a sudden, yeah. your apartment sounds a lot nicer, I think. <laughs> right. He has a lot of decorations. And her husband, up. her husband, what was, was his he story? He was afraid after Sex like six months is... or a year or whatever. He... <laughs> It's good. It's good. She's like your life. Oh, just lays there. Life. Yeah, she just lays there. Yeah. She's just, always she's always in bed. She's always in bed just waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she just loved the fuck. <laughs> oh god. Uh, what? Oh. Even just when you think of people's smells, people um, one thing I brought up to people that <laughs> we tried to do another uh, EMF whatever, paramedic. He was flabbergasted that I kept asking about being embarrassed like Mm -hmm. when i think of if i passed out in my kitchen and paramedics had to come in and i was in my underwear just whatever it's just it's a vulnerable thing to me do you deal with that a lot or see embarrassment in people a lot yeah and it's it's funny because there's times where people are embarrassed and you're like this is what we do this is what we see i mean like yeah i i'm not we're not looking we try to like you said we try to cover people up to help them be modest but the reality of it is when you're trying to save somebody's life, that shit doesn't matter. I mean, it just doesn't. Like, I get the fact that you don't want your tits hanging out while I'm doing CPR, but guess what? I I can't do CPR yeah. around it. You Have know? you ever been frozen by, like, Jesus, that guy's got a big dick? Like, just for, like, a <laughs> half a second. No, I will tell you, though, just recently uh, I was working with a new guy, and uh, we got called to a clinic and it was for they use the term EDP for oh, emotionally a clinic. emotionally disturbed person okay. emotionally disturbed person. It was a psychiatric right. clinic, okay. and the guy came in looking to get a refill on his psych meds. And um, we have this thing where if it's a emotionally disturbed person or if it's an assault, that we wait for the cops because they have guns and we don't. Mm-hmm. And so the cops usually go in and they use the term code four, meaning that it's as safe as it can be for us to come in. So I've learned that. Just even the weird situations where you think it's a clinic, it should be safe enough, it's the middle of the day, just wait. It's better to just wait. So we get there, and we walk in, and the cop's like, I'm like, so what's going on? He's like, well, this guy came in to get his meds refilled, and his doctor wasn't here, so he couldn't get him refilled. So now 
he's in the bathroom masturbating. <laughs> I said, okay. And the cop's like. Frustrated. The cop's like, yeah. well, that's what I figured. Trying so to the make himself feel better. Mm-hmm. So the cop's standing there. He goes, like, I've been standing here trying to talk to him. He won't make eye contact with me. And it's like, well, do you that's want him to make insult. eye contact yeah. with me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he's like, I told him to stop, but he wouldn't stop. And so I'm like, so I look, and the guy's standing there. And sure enough, he's just facing the wall, masturbating. I'm like, all right. So. <laughs> So be it. I mean, I just after a while, like some of the stuff doesn't surprise you anymore. You're just like, whatever. So then my partner, who's this new kid, comes around. He's like, well, why do we need the cops here any longer? He's what's going on? I'm like, yeah, the guy's in the bathroom. And he turns around. He's like, whoa. And his eyes just get big. And he's like smiling. He's like, he just like froze for a second. He's like, looks at me. I'm like, yeah. And he's like. I didn't realize, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah, so, kinda... like, so he just got really blushing. Like he turned bright, like bright red. And he's all blushing. He's just like, holy cow! And I'm like, yeah, this is part of what we do with him. Like, so I'll go get this paperwork, and we'll get the guy out there. And I said, you know, if officer, if you can just get him to put his pants on for now. I'm like, we'll get out there and deal with that in the ambulance. So the cop was able to get his pants on. We get out in the ambulance, and I said. Because of for safety reasons, um, we carry handcuffs. We can handcuff people mm-hmm. um, for our safety and theirs is what I usually tell them because I don't want you to get hurt trying to get out and me trying to hurt you trying to keep you here. Or, mm-hmm. and it's just safer for me. Um, and if he's obviously at such an emotional level that he's masturbating to deal with his pain time. or stress or, you know, how he copes with it. Um, it so we coping. get him on the stretcher <laughs> and uh, I go to take his blood pressure and it's I have to we have to get vitals we have to for documentation and the guy pulls it out and starts masturbating again and I'm like my partner's like well do you want to handcuff him I'm like just give it a second let me just get this these vitals like this is more important I'm like well that was the thing I like I didn't want to I'm like I want to finish but just give it another second let me get what I got to get done and then we handcuffed him because I'm like I really don't want him to squirt all over me or anybody (laughs) else I'm like those are or anybody else those are bodily fluids so yeah so I had to handcuff this guy and needless to say he was still trying to masturbate with the handcuffs on needless to say and you said there was no paramedic porn right Yeah, Yeah. we We just did it we did some audio paramedic porn (laughs) what did so how big was his dick pardon (laughs) my partner said it looked like a baby baby elephant's arm or something like that, or that baby, oh, okay. he said a something. baby elephant i don't know what do you no baby elephant's nose it usually looks know. like a baby's Trump, arm baby, with an Trump, apple Trump. in its fist that's what it was he used that one he said that and i'm like i don't understand that a baby's arm with an apple in its fist is oh. that what he said yeah that just seems okay. weird uh-huh. i don't know a lot of babies that hold apples well they're a certain size yeah the babies are the baby, apples baby's arm. Crap, how old is size. how and how old is the baby Oh, we're talking it's a baby. It's, Are we talking uh, about like, talking like it came out month long, month old baby. <laughs> what okay. is the... Like Gabe's baby, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Like my babies are. <laughs> I'll, I'll post a photo on the on the website, so I'll actually have her it's hold nice an to apple. Personalize things like <laughs> that. We, we might we, have to do that for real. Can we get Doc to hold an apple? Crab apple. We'll do that. That'd be funny. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't think that would. My dick is like, like this, no. and then show the picture <laughs> of your son Mrs. with him. Mrs. Noel will appreciate oh, love it. What, um, have you ever known anyone? Like, where you go to a call, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, I know that guy. Like, it's my teacher from eighth grade laying on the floor. Yeah, I actually. You have? I had to transport a gal one time who we picked up because she was, I don't know, she was doing drugs, doing some kind of drugs. And I, she happened to be somebody who babysat a friend of mine's kids. Uh-oh. And so that was a really tough situation because can you and she draws, can you disclose that to your friend? Legally no. Legally no. I mean no, legally no. Did. So it's one of those things right. where it's like what do you they say? I'm like did. this person's kids. You're leaving yeah. your kids with somebody who I know is having a really Of course. I mean drugs are drugs, but like when you're doing it and I know that you're doing it that puts somebody I know's child in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things it's just kind of more of a 
hey, you know, you need to probably not let your kids hang around this person. I can't tell you why, but I'm going to tell you, stop. Like, right. Yeah. Like, you need to stop doing this because this is not safe for your children, and I care about your children. So. Right, which is why, like, you know, why I'm doing cocaine with my son because, like, he's going to do yeah. it eventually. I'd yeah. rather do it with me. It's important you know, to do it's that. It's a safety thing. Yeah. Well, teach yeah. him to do it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I mean, I've run into firefighters and cops and stuff like that that I know, and it's – you just try and – you know, I mean, they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed if they know you and you right. do your best to try and be nice about it and then just, you know, not say anything because I wouldn't want anybody to say anything for me. I'm, if I were you, I'd be like, uh, hey, if you if you don't do this thing that I am that I want you to do, I'm going to tell everybody that I know about <laughs> that. Yeah, blackmailer. Yeah, blackmail. Hey, why don't you give me a... F- well, never mind. I want to say. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Just, why don't you give me a good sturdy fuck against this uh, credenza? <laughs> and then we'll... <laughs> It just assumes know. everyone just wants to fuck <laughs> right. all the time. That, well, that no, I assume that everyone wants to blackmail someone that <laughs> sex all the time. What, um, have you ever been embarrassed for someone? Like where they keep, uh, whatever, cartoonishly farting while you're giving <laughs> chest compressions or something? Um, I think we went to a gal's house one time. We got called for uh, chest pain. And we get there, and I've got a student. And so <laughs> uh, people that are becoming paramedics will ride with us to learn how to do stuff like first Could we do a ride along for the show? Absolutely. Could we really? Absolutely. Come ride with me. Fucking shit, yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah, you guys would have fun. Uh, so, oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. Sorry, so, I'm very excited about <laughs> that. <laughs> so That's amazing. We get into this house, and there's this, you know, those big old TVs, the ones that are like four feet by four feet, those big, huge televisions? Yeah. And this lady's laying on the floor in her living room, and there's porn on the television, like right next to her. And the firefighters are walking. The firefighters all have their heads down. They're not looking up at us. They won't make eye contact. They just have their heads down, and they're just standing there. And I'm like, I hear all this stuff, and I realize, like, I can't tell if it's the patient on the floor moaning or the TV that's moaning. I'm Uh not sure which one. But my partner at the time, great guy, flamboyant as all get out. And he's like, he has this fetish about putting his hands in his mouth. And so he's, like, watching the video, and he's like, "Uh, uh 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like... Can you You're do that as a paramedic? Put your hands in your mouth? Yeah, I don't think he puts everything in his mouth. It was awful. Whoa. But uh, so my student's on the floor, and she's talking to this lady and assessing it. The firefighters just, you could tell they just want to get the heck out of there. I'm like, you guys can leave. They're like, thank God. Thank you for letting us leave. And you think that the lady on the floor or her female roommate person. Maybe? Okay. I was going to say, what kind of porn was it? Um, It was regular porn. Okay, I mean, man, like, man, man and woman. Yeah. Okay. Both was, white. Were they both, black, both white? Interracial. I don't remember. She said both regular. White. No, oh, white regular. oh, sorry. Yeah, regular. Sorry. White people. <laughs> but it was just kind of funny because it's like you think that they would want to turn people. it off. Like I think they would be like, oh, my gosh, they're coming over. Like let's hide the sex toys right. and turn off the porn. But they didn't. There's so. no time to turn off the porn, damn it. <laughs> the best part I was my student, my student had no idea. I said, did you notice that the TV was on behind you? She's like, no, there was a TV on behind me. So it's like sometimes people get that focus. Yeah. She had no idea that there was this huge porn going on right behind her. You know, Isaac has a yeah. He has a TV that's dedicated solely to <laughs> pornography. It's just amazing. No, what I have is I have what's called StreamSmart, and it, and you can you can't get, say that on publicly. You can, go to jail. You can get porn on it. So a a funny prank that I like to play is anytime I have someone come over. When I come over to do laundry when we're renovating, I have a, a sixty inch TV. Anytime in a, someone in a eighty inch apartment. <laughs> So anytime someone comes over, I like to put porn on the gigantic TV. Oh, that's and nice. I just very pretend funny. like it's nonchalant. That's like, thoughtful. Oh, I watch this all the it time. It feels yeah. like an ambush. I really like it. It's funny. Order, he orders pizza and like there's a 60 inch TV is in the background. What do, you is, li- do you like cinema? <laughs> what is the 
angriest you've ever been during a call? Has anything made you mad during yes. a call? Yeah? Yeah. Um, and it still pisses me off to think about it. Um, last year, I think it was last year, we got called for uh, a guy called 91 said his mom has been on the floor for two weeks and needs help getting her up. <laughs> This oh fucking bitch won't get off the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> we get to this apartment, and I, the guy meets us at the door. I'm like, so you're the one that called? And he's like, yeah. I said, we're here for your mom. He's like, yeah. And I said, she's been on the floor. I said, did you just, like, come and find her? Like, no, I live here with her. Okay. So we go into the apartment, and the door shut to the bedroom. And I open the door, and this lady's laying on the floor. And she's got maybe, like, a oh, sarong would be, like, a girl's sarong. word. I don't know if you know what a sarong yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like she's in a in a on a beach in Fiji. Yeah, so like yeah. kind of like a wraparound a thing, but her like it her breasts were exposed. She was laying on the floor. Nice. Um, and I don't know about you, but like I'm one of those people. Like if somebody looks uncomfortable or looks to be in pain, you try and do things to comfort them. And they had just shut the door and left her there. And I said, so she's oh. been. I said she's been laying on the floor. Yeah. And I said for how long? For two weeks. I said, have you helped her get up and go to the bathroom or anything? No. Have you? Has she, they answer you? Has she got? Wow. She. I said for two weeks. You. She hasn't moved. No. And I said, what about giving her like food and water? Cereal. Well, we tried giving her some water, but she wouldn't drink it. So she hasn't eaten anything for two weeks. What? And the, there's a woman there with them, and she. They're both like, yeah, she hasn't eaten anything. I said, well, she's got things of pills here on the floor. I said, she. Um, has she taken any of her medications? No. Right. So she hasn't moved. <laughs> she hasn't eaten or drinking, and she hasn't taken medications in two weeks. You're talking about, and they're like, yeah. And they hadn't given her a pillow. Her face was actually stuck to the carpet. And she wow. was mumbling and moaning and not making sense. And I said, she doesn't, like, make any sense. She's just kind of moaning. I said, how long has she been like that? For two weeks. Wow. I'm like, who leaves their mom laying on the floor right. to die for two weeks? And I was just pissed off. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So we, I'm trying to be as nice as I can and move this right. lady. And she's actually got, like, bruising on her body from laying in that same position. Um, so I don't know if she had a stroke or what it is that made her fall on the ground and be like that. But he didn't didn't cover her up, didn't give her a pillow, didn't do anything, and waited for two weeks. Just shut the door and left her there. Wow. So we picked her up, and as soon as we rolled her over, all that fluid change made her go unresponsive. We get her down to the ambulance, and I'm trying to do everything as fast as I can. How old so is this lady? She was like in her fifties. Okay. It's like mid fifties, wow. and um, so we get down to the ambulance, and I'm like, let's just, I'm like, let's do a couple things, let's get the hell out of here. So we get rushed into the hospital. And I told the nurse when we get there, I'm like, because not usually it's us and the firefighters that show up for medical related calls. Yeah. Um, the cops don't show up unless it's like children or if it's domestic or something like that. So I got to the hospital. I'm like, we need to call the cops. I'm like, I'm getting a hold of adult protective services. And I saw that they had a kid in the house, like a, roughly a two year old. I said, how old was the kid that was saying my mom has been on the floor for adult weeks? meal? Adult male and adult Idiot. female, so maybe twenties, oh. thirties. And I said, I said we get a call. I said this is. I said there's. It's got to be something like failure to right. call nine one one. There's got to be something. Some, like, yeah. Type yeah. Of thing. yeah, yeah. And I was just like, so I called the cops, and and she went into cardiac arrest while we were there, and they got her back. And the cops said, well, if she dies, call us. And I'm like, okay. So I if sat down. <laughs> you know, I sat down and I said, all right, we're gonna do a bunch of things. So I called Adult Protective Services and I called Child Protective Services and I said, I don't know this guy's name, but it's a 911 number and he's the son and his phone number's listed and you should be able to figure out who he is. And I said, I mean, he left her. I asked him multiple times. I think I was just stunned. I'm like, who leaves their mom laying on right. the floor for two weeks? Like, that's crazy. And just that there's not punishment yeah. for it? Or and so not... I, yeah. So I, I followed through. I went to the social workers at the hospital. I said, you guys need to follow up on this. Well, I found out that she did end up dying and her family basically showed up, showed up to collect her jewelry and that was it. And I called the coroner's office and I said, I talked to an investigator. I'm like, you have to follow through on this. There's got to be something. I'm like, 
that can't be. I'm not like I want to get the guy in trouble, but that's not okay. Well, you do. You I can't. Mean, you can't let. Yeah, yeah. you, you can't do that. Yeah, and it yeah. just made me angry. And they ruled right. it a natural death. And I said, well, yeah, if you naturally just lay there and right. on the floor for t- two weeks, you're gonna die. In but somebody of, left uh, you there. No artificial. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, just it pisses me off. It's like, how do they not? Not that. You know, I want him to get trouble, but that's not okay. Like, he's yeah. an adult. He knows that, that you can't just leave for somebody sure. lay there and die. It's like, that's crazy. Do you ever feel for the, when you save someone, do you feel bonded to them? Yes. Yeah? Is it hard to let that go and, like, go to work? Like, like are you tempted to reach out to them or find them or check on them? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's weird because I think technically it's considered a – HIPAA violation and mm-hmm. really, which is weird because it's that whole thing about sharing information. But like, there'll be times when we'll bring people in that all go in and try and follow up and just see how they're doing. Um, absolutely, though, it's it's I don't know. I mean, you have that contact with somebody where you're it's profound. The, you, yeah, and it's their trauma is your trauma. I mean, it's not it's not you being injured, but you're part of their suffering. You're part of their family asking for help. You're part of whatever. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's something that it does. It it sticks with you. Have you ever cried with a uh, bereaved or whatever on the set? Like, you know, where you try to save the person and you're trying to explain it to their whatever, where you really fall into that? No, I, I do a lot afterwards, though. I mean, I'm a crier to begin with. I just, mm-hmm. it's, that's how I let out whatever, happiness, sadness, anger. I cry when any of those emotions hit, but I I do a lot at home. I mean, it's one of those things where it sticks with you. You replay it. Like, if you try and save somebody and you can't, you replay every little thing that you did. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? And then there's a guilt that comes with it. I feel responsible. Like, mm-hmm. I should have been able to do more. I should have been mm-hmm. better at this. This should have been faster. And I have to tell myself that, you know, it's God's will, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. And I'm here for a reason to be a part of it yeah. or bear witness. But I'm not always able to save everybody. But it it hurts. Is there one that uh, – and I'm sorry that this is in a – No. Is, is there one where you feel like you did – mess one up like you know that yeah. you truly blame yourself in a like a situation where um you know i feel that with most of them it's strange yeah. as it is i feel it temporarily i mean I, I i go through that temporarily with everybody i think um and it just it just feels like you're never moving fast enough or doing things quick enough right um and things sometimes don't always work like cords get twisted up or I don't know. There's just little things that go wrong, and it gets super frustrating. And the harder you try to deal with the frustration, the more frustrating it gets, or the more yeah. like when you're trying to do something quick, the more you try, the quicker you try, the more messed up it gets. So it's like you have to stop and take a deep breath and keep going. Um, is there one that you've done though that you know, like? So I get blaming yourself. Yeah, um, I get that very well. Is there? But is there one where you go? objectively scientifically like i should have done this move and i didn't i was i didn't i wasn't experienced enough i wasn't whatever and i could have saved them but i didn't i can't think of anything off the top of my head mm-hmm. um i'm sure there has been you know i i i joke with people all the time and tell them like i'm really good at listening and talking and i'm not i mean, i don't claim to be the best paramedic by any means i mean there's stuff mm-hmm. i learn new things every day and i get frustrated um i guess the closest would have been um trying to get to somebody that had a, a fall, like a major fall. Um, an example would be the uh, stadium, like mm-hmm. I fell off the stadium and died. Um, the U.S., it, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the best in shape. I mean, I'd like to be in better shape. And uh, so we had to start out on the field, and we had to literally climb to the top of the stadium, like the stairs inside. So we 
walked up an entire flight of stairs to get to like the top of the stadium because mm-hmm. he was outside and they just kept saying he's over here he's over here and I didn't know where that was um, so I feel like if I would have been physically in better shape that I could have made it up the stairs quicker or mm-hmm. I don't know that that might have made a difference that extra couple minutes but I, I know as, some, that, as someone who has nothing to do with it like you've got to forgive yourself for yeah that, yeah and it's, and it's one of those things where you just get you get frustrated he's over, here, it's like, he's over here that is not yeah. good yeah yeah no and it, it is it's just one of those things where it's like okay if I would have done this a little bit better or if I would have been mm-hmm. quicker on that but I don't know there's so many of them you know it just builds up over time it the strangest thing about the job is that of all the trauma that happens and the things that like kind of haunt you and stick with you there's going to be more so yeah. it's like it's like when something sticks with me and it's like a memory that I can't get rid of you know they say to go over it for a couple of days is normal but when you have it stuck in your head and you think about it every morning you wake up for like three weeks that's bad yeah um, but when it happens it's like there's going to be something worse that comes along so I always know there's going to be something worse that's going to take the place of that awful Are, memory um <laughs> Any famous people? Yeah, I was going to ask that. I I'm sorry. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we treat sports, you know, like players and stuff, like games, events that we work. Um, nobody that I've really okay. been impressed by, I guess, nobody yeah. particular. Whether you're not impressed or not, that has nothing to do with it. Were <laughs> right. they celebrities? There was a, so there was, there was a... Uh, wrestler one time that all right here we go and this is right up your guys alley there was a wrestler one time who called us because he was here doing a wrestling match and um like wwe wrestling yeah and uh this move or maneuver he had done once before and he had the same thing happen which i don't know i wouldn't redo it if it was me but he basically tore his ass so like ripped really? it. Whoa! So, ripped like, his asshole. The hole or the muscle like expanded the hole. Uh, the hole to the point where like it was bleeding. Oh my god! Bleeding, bleeding excessively, not profusely, but but he was wearing like the tight pants that they wear. More than excessively. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's wearing like the tight. I don't know what do you call them leggings. Uh huh. Although any amount of blood coming from my <laughs> asshole is excessive. That's <laughs> true. So oh, he, really? for me, it's normal to so a certain degree. So he said he had done it once before, and he called us and he's like well i didn't realize i had done it because the pants i guess keep everything tight or in or whatever and uh so my he was telling us that he was a professional wrestler and my my partner's like don't people have to drink to watch that sport and I'm like that's super insulting that she said that okay so he's telling us this and he's like i did it once before and he's like yeah i, I basically ripped it and it's like well that's one of those things that you really don't want to look at but part of our job is sometimes you gotta look so at you things have to spread the cheeks so she she basically gave him a bunch of gauze to kind of Tuck up there, but he said he's like, yeah, I'm gonna probably end up on TMZ tomorrow. I'm like, what? TMZ doesn't hang around Minneapolis. Yeah. Like, what are you talking Actually, about? Actually, there is a TMZ this? Minneapolis. So, uh, really? a couple of years there ago, is. so they did a big art- article about him oh, having like ripped himself a new one, and they had like all these different jokes. So he must have called TMZ himself. Is my thought. Right. But, I would love to think that while you're looking at this torn asshole, that he says, yeah, you should see the other guy. Nah. <laughs> 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 That was funny. I actually like that one. Dude, are we able to say who the wrestler was, or do you know who the wrestler was? I don't remember. I bet if we look at it. But he was—he had like right. that stringy kind of greasy hair thing going. Was it Mister Perfect? Little... Uh, I don't think so. We're gonna go with Hulk Hogan. I'm gonna Google. But it was one. Of, it was—he's from here, I think. But okay, yeah, I just thought on. it was funny because he must have called. He must have called so them yeah, himself. You're the big wrestling guy. You should know who this is. I'm a big wrestling guy. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it when I was 12. Uh, <laughs> are there and, any and, funny deaths? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, people die from some funny things. Like, like what? Like, like what? No, we're asking you. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
I found a lady one time who had been writing, like sitting at a table writing, and you, you could see the, like the last word, and then all of a sudden it was like a squiggly line. <laughs> <laughs> and she felt like she was sitting, so like instead of sitting with her back against the back of the chair, she was sitting kind of on the side of the chair, but her feet were on the floor, her butt was on the seat, and her head was on the other side, so she was a perfect arch oh over the chair, God. and she still had the pen in her hand. You could pull the chair out, yeah. and she would have been a perfect arch. Like, her body was stiff in this perfect arch. I'm like, how weird is that? Like, why wouldn't she have fallen on the floor? Like, she yeah. has a perfect arch over this chair. I, Bethany Stevens, that is leave hilarious. all of my but, fortunes uh, to... And <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Talk about a cliffhanger. Oh, hey. boy. <laughs> Hello. Did you... F- <laughs> it wasn't quite the impact I was hoping to have it, but... Well, uh, I tried. Joking, that was good. Yeah, you, you scored earlier. Don't even worry about it. What is, uh, you did read her note, right? Yeah. What it what, like what was she I writing? Think she, about? I think it was like a thank you note or something. It wasn't anything <clears throat> terribly exciting. Thank you for the heart pills that <laughs> I had been waiting for. What what is and, and I again I'm not trying to like make you cr- no, it, emotional or whatever, but it's right. like so you've done this how many years? Ten years now. Okay. A little over ten. What are like biggest pair of tits you ever seen? Like I mean just like out to here? <laughs> To Other hear? than my own? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, here, here. I, I can't. I'm trying to think if they're having. I don't. I don't know. I guess I'd. She's saying, like, basketballs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> basketballs. basketballs. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. We have a wow, new record. A new record on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen anyone with a body part cut off, but where they're conscious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like what? That was a guy that cut his own hand off. Oh, my God. And he must have used, I don't know, something that was a nice, it was, as strange as it may sound, it was a beautiful cut. I mean, it it looked amazing because it looked like if you were to watch a movie and see, like, all the, I don't know, technical effects that he had sliced his hand off just so perfectly and smooth that you could see all of the tendons and ligaments and bone, like everything in the end. But he must have, I don't know if he used, like, what kind of saw he used because it was this perfect clean cut. Supposedly cut his hand off, went up to one of the hospitals kind of north of the cities, with his hand, got upset, decided to leave. So they sent the cops to his house. He locked himself in his house. The cops had to go in and, like, I don't know if they tased him or what. But he managed to cut his own hand off, and he actually cauterized it. And he wasn't on drugs, so it was, like, mental health-wise. But he managed to cut his hand off, cauterize it yeah. without having, like, drugs or anything on board. So they had to sedate him. So we got to the hospital. We were transferring from one hospital to another. And they had, like, a tourniquet on his arm, and they had some restraints hold him down. And... The nurse gave me a list of like 10 different drugs she had given him to sedate him, but he was still awake. And so we got him in the stretcher and got him to the other hospital. And I'm like, are you doing okay? He's like, yep. And he just laid there the whole time, didn't open his eyes. And we got to the hospital to transport him. And the doctor said to him, she goes, sir, what hand are you, left-handed or right-handed? And he said, well, I guess I'm left-handed now. <laughs> All right, that was our episode. We thank Lily, who was just um, just unexpectedly great fun i hope that uh, she's already agreed to do a live show with us so i hope whenever we do announce that we've got a few in the works that we're talking about and we'd love to see you guys so if you uh want us to come to where you are let us know who knows maybe we can make it happen so thanks for listening god damn it we love you for the brown bomber tevin Pittman. i'm gabe noah Good night.